digging in the crates for something, yeah. Hidden gems often misunderstood. Cause you know there's no such thing as too much. Welcome back to the show. This week, my brother was here, my brother Ryan, and Ryan is a financial service representative at a credit union. So we talked about car loans for a while, what you can do to put yourself in the best position when buying a new car. But we also talked some about financial responsibility and just some things that you may want to know if maybe you haven't made a big purchase, maybe you haven't applied for a loan before. Um, I know I learned some stuff, so it was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoy it too. Here it is. Are you ready for this? We're going to start the clock. I'm trying to make this a new thing. Usually I start the clock and then do the do the intro, whatever. But I'm going to make this part of the episode now where I start the timer. Even though nobody can see it yet, this is, Kapoop. This is the new timer. You ready? Ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Timer on. Timer on. Okay, Ryan. Tell me your job title right now and talk to me about what you do on a daily basis at work. I'm a financial service representative Woo! at Oklahoma's credit union. And my daily task at work is finding you that money that you want to buy that thing. What does that mean? Like well, finding me money in the money I already have, whether it be, whether it be like a car loan or personal loan, are you the guy that says, let me see if I can move some money around and uh, <laughs> we'll see if we can afford this? No. Okay. Because that's I mean, what I, when you say find <laughs> the money, that's what I think of. Like, uh, I'm going to have to move some money around uh, from savings to checking. Uh, I look at your credit and tell you whether or not it's responsible for you to, to purchase something. And sometimes people listen and some people, sometimes people don't. Well, what happens when they don't listen? They go and uh, get a 30% uh, interest loan at one main financial can you do oh is that the um those letters i get in the mail yeah i think i just looked at one of those the other day the, there's a lot of predatory institutional lending in the united states where the the one you you just got where you you got it in the mail and then on the back of it you can just sign it and then take it and cash it yeah you can get a check for five thousand dollars and you go cash it and it starts a loan and eventually you get a bill for it and people go well i don't remember I remember getting out alone. I just thought I got a check. I got a check in the mail, though. I cashed it. I got to pay that back. Whoops. Is yeah. it really that high, 30%? Some of them are. I mean, yeah. I guess it's like some credit cards if you don't have good credit score. Yeah. All right. So if I want to get a loan, a car loan, mm -hmm. well, talk to me about that process first. Should I be going, should I be going to you or should I be going to a car dealership? Uh... It depends on what you're doing. So I think for a lot of people, something starts going on with their car or they see somebody else bought a new car um, or they just feel like buying a new car. So what do they do? They start kind of eyeballing the, the car dealerships, looking online, you know, looking for reasons why they need to buy a new car. And they just kind of, it's kind of a um, spur of the moment decision. 
and they decide to go trade in their car where it is and then buy a new one in the moment in the moment um and generally it seems like a part of that thought process is not is this did your phone just go off i think it did okay it's fine i just didn't know what that sound was <laughs> go ahead um isn't uh how am i going to finance this or what are the interest rates right now or what am i actually or what's my actual trade-in actually worth or um it's just a such a spur of the moment purchase that people just go ahead and do it without thinking about the financial aftershock that's going to happen after they buy that so if we're talking about the the most responsible way to buy a car the best thing for you to do is to start out by um you know, going to your your bank that you bank with, the credit union you bank with, and speaking with one of their loan officers and getting a pre-approval. And that pre-approval process, if it's done the correct way, at any financial institution should be um, they're going to look at you're gonna, they're going to look at your credit. They're going to say, with your current financial situation, this is what we're going to. This is the cap that we're going to put on how much we'll finance for you. This is your interest rate that you qualify for. Um, and this is how long we'll finance this loan out for you. Because the, the fact of the matter is if you go to the dealership, if you're not uh, a financially savvy person, if you want that 2019 Dodge Charger and you work at McDonald's, they will find a way to get you in that car. Because after you purchase it, it doesn't matter who it's financed with, you're not their problem anymore. And you can't just come back around and take that car back in. They get paid exactly so then it becomes bank of america's problem who gave you the forty thousand dollar loan with your mcdonald's salary you know how i got my first car you know that story no no i mean i the first car i bought i bought new and it was a cheap first car and of course i didn't know what i was doing my geo metro was falling apart chevy aveo yeah chevy aveo bad decision i needed a car um so i went in I knew I wanted that one. That's what I did know for sure. Cause I knew it was, the, it was the cheapest new car you could buy all the basic stuff, roll up windows, all that it was like $10,000 or something. Oh yeah. And but apparently it didn't come with an air conditioner. So I had to pay more to get that in there. And then once <laughs> they got us in the office, they could, they were preying on us. Um, cause I was there. I think it was just me and our mom. And I, they made us wait forever and they came in there and they, they told us, you know, they start showing us payments. And then he started showing us a list of warranty things you could add to it. And they never showed us what the price was. I never asked what the price was with that added on. He would just show us the new payment. He's like, here's what you can get it for monthly. Yeah. And of course, now I know better. That was a lot of years ago. But I ended up I think, paying like 16000 more than 16000 for that car because of all these things that they added on to it and persuaded us to get and I just remember thinking, I'm never going to do that again because that was terrible. And I could afford it. It wasn't a situation where they, they got me in a car I couldn't afford, but they they added things onto it that I never used. And if I would have gone to my bank, it probably would have happened differently. Yeah, and the um, other thing is there, you say, yeah, you could afford it, um, but part of the thing you want to look at with a car purchase too is when we're talking about affordability, you only want to be paying for that car how much it's worth. And that's another thing that uh, often happens at the dealership 
is, you know, the sticker price is going to be uh, $20,000 for your new Nissan Altima. Um, but they're going to come around and tell you that you need, you need an extended warranty and you need gap coverage on the vehicle. Mm. Oh yeah. I got gap coverage too. Mm. So if we're talking about a $20,000 car, most of the time they're going to be selling it for you at uh, whatever the, the black book or the, the not a retail, um, retail price of the vehicle is, which is fine if you buy it for that and you do it over a responsible five year period to pay it back. By the time you're done paying off that car, there you know it'll still be worth eight or nine thousand dollars probably. Um, but when you add on four thousand or uh, five thousand dollars of back end products so like warranties and gap insurance, by the time that you actually pay off that vehicle, if you do it in a five year period, I mean it's going to be worth nothing. Yeah, that's why yeah. I need to get into that. I need to get in the business of uh, all these warranty companies and. Start selling car warranties. Oh, are you sleeping well now? Because if you're, if you're sleeping well now, you might not have for that. You're right, I have a conscience. So, yeah. well, that, and that, uh, I mean, if we just talked about strictly warranties right now, so um, most banks and credit unions will sell um, sell their own warranties because we all have our own relationships with warranty warranty and gap coverage companies. So, um, every we we purchase or we facilitate those products, and then. Um, of course, we get every. If you're selling somebody's products, you're always going to get some kind of kickback. Um, but for me, with my credit union, um, we're when you with a credit union in general, the idea is for everything to be for the benefit of the members. Um, so we basically sell everything for at cost that we get it for. Um, so whenever we, I know that when we do our gap insurances, I think there's a, a hundred dollars that stays on our side because we facilitated all of that to make it happen. Um, but we sell ours for $4.99 uh, for the whole uh, life of the vehicle. In most uh, uh, dealerships, it's $900, $1,000. And that's a big chunk that stays there with the guy who sold it to you. And that's, you know, what he uses to, to feed his family, you know, out of his yeah. paycheck. But that's money being taken out of your pocket that's not doing anything extra for you. Hmm. How do we fix that? buy stuff at your credit union or your bank <laughs> or don't get it if you don't need it because i also hear uh horror stories of people uh either buying products from dealerships that didn't pay out when they needed to um bought things that um that didn't cover their car um people that are sold uh gap insurances or gap insurances that um they didn't need because their their vehicle when they bought it was undervalued so uh, specifically for like gap insurance, uh, most people don't know what that is when they go to the dealership. So whenever you buy a car, if it's worth $15,000, but you finance uh, 18,000, then whenever you get into, if you get into a wreck, you know, God forbid, um, your insurance is only going to cover how much the car is actually worth. They're not going to cover all that extra stuff that you put on top of there. So the uh, gap insurance is what pays off that extra piece. Um, but if you buy a $13,000 car, and you only pay $11,000 for it, you don't need the gap insurance because your insurance is going to cover it if you do get in a wreck. But a lot of time that will still be pushed on people, you know, give you scenarios where, oh, well, if you got to refinance the car and extend it out longer, you know, it might not be worth as much. We get an accident in four years, so you should probably still get it. Uh, but that's all stuff that's just being thrown on you that you don't actually need. So how much is being added on for gap insurance typically? Both, most places. 
usually 800 to 900 dollars which is insane yeah when you can get it for 499 or maybe even lower at some other credit needs and banks uh, because you don't have to pay out that extra bit to the dealership for their kickback portion of it yeah and it's interesting you know you're talking about them not paying out in different scenarios because you know for them it's all a numbers game anyway they're they're betting on you never needing any of this stuff yeah they have to it's like a casino they, they yeah. need more people to buy in and less people to ever need it yeah exactly and they're hoping uh, i also feel like a lot of people if you're not the one asking for it when you're there at the dealership if somebody else told you you needed that coverage on your vehicle chances are if you get into an accident and uh you're at um you know you're speaking with your insurance you might not remember you had gap insurance yeah and then you just don't use it even though you spent 900 dollars up front but now you don't remember you had it and that's the end of that yeah I, the stuff that i added on the warranty and the gap insurance and all that i i feel like there was probably a a situation where i could have used some something in there that i that i added out on my added on to my purchase but i forgot what i bought you know in those scenarios i don't i don't remember it may have been useful at some point but it didn't matter i didn't use it so they they won and i got nothing yeah and that's um with all of my members that i deal with that i've done car loans for and everything um i'm their point of contact so if they ever have a question about their warranty or their gap insurance or their auto loan or anything like that they can call me um and i'm going to look up everything they do or everything that happened on their loan i can tell them about their coverages on things give them the right phone number to call to um, do, um, to call in and, you know, get the process started for all of that. But if you buy something from a dealership, the guy that sold it to you, he's probably not going to work, be working there in six months. Um, and they're not as apt to help you out afterwards after you've bought the car. Yeah. Cause they've already gotten what they want from you. Your credit union wants to take, or your credit union, your bank, whoever you're with wants to take care of you for you know, your whole life. They don't want you to leave and go to a different bank. So they're going to do everything they can customer service wise to keep you there. So it's almost like the, the Allstate slogan, which I can't remember now, <laughs> but it's definitely like the Allstate slogan. Yeah. I'm just imagining the guy in my head. Well, I'll look it up. I'll look at it. We'll find out right now. Just, uh, just keep talking. I'll find the Allstate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a good neighbor. State farm is there. The, uh, so well, no, that's 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 State Farm. State, State, State Farm. Farm, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, they all have the same right. logo. They're gonna be for. I'll it. give you one more shot. What do you think it is? And I really can't remember. All right, you're in good hands. Hey, same thing. See? Yeah. Well, of course, they're good, all the same. Really good neighborly State Farm hands. Yeah, that's the one thing I would I wish about my current car purchase is that I would have stayed with the bank. I got pre-approved for a loan went in got like a my first car was like 10 percent interest which is crazy and i even, even co-signed but this this one i think was like 2.5 percent and then i went into the dealership and i was like i already got a loan but this is the car i want um and he's like well we'll give we can we can give you the car at this price if you'll let us at least take a shot at financing i was like all right that's fine you can try and then I went in there and of course they gave me an interest rate higher. And I was like, well, no, why would I? <laughs> and he was like, it's very close. It's only like, it was like a quarter of a percent off. I was like, yeah, but why wouldn't I just stay with my bank if, 
it doesn't matter to me. like a quarter percent yeah. is still a quarter percent and it's through my bank i use like and he's like well it's as low as we can go and then he left the room forever and they came back he's like all right we <laughs> of course we really had to jump through some hoops but we can meet that uh interest rate and I ended up going with that because I could get the car that night, but I still wish I would have held out longer and they would have lowered it. But it's like that that game, that back and forth where they lie to you and say, we can't do this, we can't do that, and even though they know they can. Yeah. It's frustrating. It's why I hate dealerships. It's why everyone hates most dealerships. Yeah. I mean, it's a weird monopoly. Yeah. Um, but there are even new places that you can buy a car that you don't have to deal with that, though. So Yeah. Name one. Carvana. I was going to say Carter Chevrolet, but Carter that's Chevrolet. only because of you. <laughs> I helped do the advertising for them. So, uh, no, but that that's, you know, I haven't bought a car with them, but that's, that's, those are the reviews I've heard that their prices aren't like jacked way up. They're about as low as they can go and still make a little bit of money. So there's not so much back and forth. They sell a lot of cars because of that. They like make a good deal with you. Yeah. And so that's nice. It's the, they completely got rid of the barter process. Like you're saying, so whatever it is for Carvana, them, yeah, whatever they're selling it for on the website is what you're going to pay for it. Um, they'll take your trade in. They'll come pick it up whenever they bring you the car. You, they'll let you try drive the car for seven days before buying it. I I've, I've had very, very little, uh, very few people have seemed interested in buying a car that way, but I think it'll be the next, the way that I buy my next car. Because, yeah, I, well, just you saying that little bit about it, that's, that's, I think, the same thing. Because what I hate most about buying a car is knowing that you're going to have to, like, get your game face on and go mm -hmm. back and forth with them. And then the entire time, even afterwards, you're thinking, did I make the right decision? Should I have pushed harder? Did I get a fair deal? Yeah. And not everyone's good at that. And there's not a, there's no such thing as a seven-day free test ride at a, a dealership. No, when it's off the lot, they're like, it's yours. Go. It's done. Yeah. On to the next one. Because mm -hmm. they're just trying to make money. They don't care. No. So. Now, I feel like I'm completely, or painting a completely bad picture. I mean, I feel like there are plenty of good dealerships, just there like Carter are, Chevrolet. But, it, but the general they, picture. Yeah. I'd say the majority bad. of them, that, that they're trying to get the most money they can out of you. Mm -hmm. So if they can get, they can sell you a car for two or $3,000 more, then they're, they're not going to say no. Yeah. And I think some people may go into it wanting to give a fairer deal. I feel like you get in that culture and you probably just get swallowed up by it yeah oh because you're like oh everyone else is doing i guess that's just the way it is now yeah. i don't know that to be true that's just what i imagine yeah or when you see that bill's paycheck was fourteen thousand dollars and yours was yeah. one, one like oh you're selling uh rock bottom prices there well it yeah. sucks for you yeah <laughs> you can get that upcharge yeah so wait tell me i only know i've only heard of carvana but i don't know a lot about it so so it's completely online car buying um you buy or you sh everybody well st to start things off everybody starts looking for a car online now nobody just shows up to to bob Moore to no. to look for a car you've already looked on their website yeah, seen what they the have yeah and you walk in there and you still get slammed and turned sideways so carvana is the same way they've got all of their cars online for you to look at their inventory is always revolving because people are always trading in their car and getting a new one with them and they're buying cars from other places and um uh but they have a all of their cars go through like a hundred point inspection there's like 400 pictures of each car they basically do like a virtual view of the entire inside of the vehicle and the outside um 
one thing I've heard people be uh, ask me to be worried about is like what about small dings and scratches? When you pull up a car, if there's a small scratch or ding anywhere on the outside or the inside, they have a blown up picture on it. It shows you to the detail that. of what it looks like. Small scrape on the outside, it'll show it in full detail. Like it's full disclosure. There's not gonna be any surprises with the cars. The people that we've had that have bought a vehicle through them, absolutely no complaints. Um, because whenever you do get it, again, you drive it for seven days, you're going to look and find all the little dings and scratches if you walk around. If you don't want it anymore, they'll come and take it back. So they come pick it up from you? Yeah, they come in the little uh, flatbed uh, truck. Like you're getting your car towed away? Exactly. Lower it down. If you had a trade-in, they'll take that back um, and then give you your car. See, they're smart. I feel like that is the way of the future. Because yeah. everyone wants more convenience. They don't want to waste time going from dealership to dealership. They just want to get their stuff. Yeah. That's that's what most businesses are selling now. It's time. Like, mm-hmm. um, I heard that argument, not even argument, just explanation of, of Uber and Lyft and Postmates. All these businesses are saving you time. Mm-hmm. She's like, I want food, but I don't want to have to go get it. I want to ride, but I don't. Uh, I don't want to wait forever. Like, yeah. It's time. So if I can buy a car without the hassle, it's way better than going to a dealership. I'd even, I might even pay more for it a little bit more because I know I can just get it done. Yeah. And I mean, um, with their car buying process too, um, generally whenever I have someone that's going to do the standard route and just go to a dealership, um, some people find it, you know, a day after I do a pre-approval form, but most people it's like a, two, three, four weeks. Whenever somebody has one of those Carvana where uh, they look that way for their with their pre-approval, it's usually a matter of a few days. And like I said, most people stick with that first car because it's so uh, um, open about the, the quality of the car whenever you're looking at it. Yeah. Huh. So give me, uh, give me one of your horror stories. Horror stories? Difficult people or uh, like, someone who had a terrible experience and you tried to talk them out of it? Oh, man. Um, two come to mind. I had one one guy that uh, bought, bought his car from an auction. This is like a, a salvage auction. So these are cars with um, salvage titles where uh, some insurance company deemed the vehicle a total loss. Uh, but he looked at it and was like, I can fix that. And whenever I was initially talking to him, um, he wanted to get a pre-approval to, to buy a car. And then I was like, okay, this is what we've got you for. Um, and he called me and told me that he was at an auction, and you know, this and that. And um, that was something I hadn't gone over with him uh, when we initially talked because he was talking about doing a private seller or going to a dealership. Uh, but he called me and said, I bought this car at auction. I said, okay, what kind of auction? He said, a salvage auction. I said, well, what car did you buy? Um, Because now we need to find out whether or not we can even loan on the car, how much you spent on it. So generally if uh, places, when we're talking loans, we won't do um, full loans on a a vehicle if it's got a salvage title because it's not worth, it's not worth that much anymore, (laughs) you know? So maybe we'll do 70% of the rough trade-in value of the vehicle. So if it's worth 15,000, we might loan out like $6,000 on it. So it was a situation like that. So he had 
he ended up just purchasing outright with his own money, finally getting it fixed and getting a rebuilt title on it. And then I basically did a, a loan to refund him that money. But that process for him to rebuild that vehicle, um, I also was under the impression when he bought it that he was, you know, like mechanically inclined, but I guess he had never worked on cars before. So he had to deal with a bunch of different body shops <laughs> and uh, he just kind of dragged himself through the ringer with everything. And at the end of it, when we were doing the loan to kind of replenish re, uh, his savings that he had spent, he was like, I should have listened to you when you said it would be easier to buy a car at a dealership. <laughs> Generally, yeah. I mean, I guess you could get lucky, right? You could get a, yeah. a car at auction like that. I mean, it, you seem like it was driving fine now, but we're talking about people being in the business of saving you time. That did not, that was a three or four month period Jeez. where he, he was just working on that car. And for what, when he could have got it for in a day? Yeah. What something. car was it? Do you remember? I think it was a Toyota RAV4. It was like a 2014. So RAV4s are nice. They usually, they do pretty well. How much did he spend? At that auction? Yeah. I think he spent, I think it was 7,000 outright to buy that car. It's so he worth. spent his own money because he was only pre-approved for a loan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, if you were to resell it to a private seller, he could probably get like $16,000 for the car now that it's rebuilt. But he's always going to have to, it's got a different title. He's always going to have to disclose that it was a, a total loss at one point. So that's going to scare most people away from ever buying that car from yeah, him. Probably would me because I'd be like, well, let me look somewhere else first. Yeah. <laughs> let me look for a, a certified pre-owned. Yeah. Like I'll come yeah. back to you maybe if I'm desperate. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If it's the last car on earth. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't want, I don't trust it. I don't need a car that bad. Yeah. Well, most people don't. If he's a good salesman, he could probably find yeah. somebody. <laughs> That's true. Um, but then I had another guy. He had a problem with one of the dealerships where uh, he was also looking for a really good deal. Was looking for the the car that was l way below market value everywhere he went. Um, and I was like, I'm always urging spend the extra two thousand dollars. You're not going to regret it. There's a reason that car is priced that way. And of course, he uh, he buys a, I think it was a, a Ford Focus. At a dealership, though? Mm-hmm. At a dealership. Um, immediately started having problems. Um, fought with them for a month and a half. Finally, he got them to do a, um, to take it back um, because he kept taking it back to the repair shop. They they were like, it's fixed now. Break down again. Take it back. It's fixed now. Break down. Back and forth. Jeez. And so they finally took it back, put him in. uh a similar car um but he paid that little extra that we had talked about at the beginning and that car haven't heard any complaints about that one so far so sometimes looking for the good deal doesn't get you it gets you pushed further back than getting you ahead yeah because they're just trying to get away with something maybe sometimes you're sometimes you're just trying to save money a little bit too much it's not worth it yeah if it seems too good to be true it probably is yeah and that's that's the, one of my main points with people when they're buying a car is this is, a lot of people look at it as a turnaround. I'm going to get another one in two or three years. It should be thought of more as an investment. To, this is, I'm in this for the long haul. When you get the loan, you should plan on, um, at the very least, or your plan should be to pay out that whole loan. It shouldn't be to trade in the vehicle. Yeah. You should have it in your mind that I'm signing this contract for five years, six years or seven years. I'm going to have this car this long. And then 
you know, maybe I'll think about trading it in. Can you do something before then? Absolutely. Someone will find a way to get you into a new car if you want it. But your plan should be to, to follow that whole loan out. I think my goal moving forward is to pay off a loan or pay off a car quickly and then trade it in more frequently. But then I'm only and probably get a similar price car. And then I'm only going to pay like a few thousand dollars or $5,000 or something. So, so I can like keep my car updated. I mean, I'm not there yet, but that would be my idea. It's like, I can still trade it in while it's worth a lot instead of keeping a car for 10 years, like I've done before. And that's also important when you're looking at cars to buy to, if that's your plan, uh, which that's a good one to pay things off quicker and be able to trade it in. But with a plan like that too, you also want to make sure that you're buying a car that holds its value well. Because there are some cars that, that definitely don't. Like a, a new a new Land Rover is going to hold its value way better than a, a 2019 Chevy Sonic. Chevy Sonic's going to depreciate real fast. Woo! Chevy Sonic though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds cool. Yeah. What are the What are the worst cars to buy then? I'd say the. I mean, besides Chevy Sonic. The ones, the Chevy Aveos, probably. Yeah, I know. That those, when you're talking like Geo Metros, Chevy, Chevy Aveos, Ford Focuses, um, can't even Dodge Darts, things like that. That's a car that you buy. You're only spending thirteen thousand dollars when you buy it. That's a car you buy and you hold on to for nine years. And yeah, which change. I did. So I'm very proud of that. I had several years where I wasn't paying any loan on it, so it was great. You're at a different tier of purchasing I think at that point yeah everything you buy when you're buying things for those prices you try to hold on to for as long as you can yeah I didn't want to give it up when I did I was just like well it doesn't even make sense for me to keep it anymore yeah <laughs> I like br- I broken air conditioner car. it's leaking coolant like it's took me it was going to spend I was going to spend more time and money on it than it was worth but I had a good run I missed that car to you you one thing I definitely want to touch on is you had mentioned that your first car was at a 10% interest rate. Yeah, let's go back to that. Yeah, and so that's uh, uh, that's the biggest mistake you'll see people make. Um, I understand fully that not everybody's credit is going to be fantastic. Uh, credit's a snapshot of where your, where your whole credit picture is that day. So you could have a 611 as your credit score this month, eight months from now you could be back to a 740 um, and I understand that sometimes your car quits working whenever your credit's not in the best place um, but one thing you'll you'll tend to see people do is you know repeatedly buy vehicle loans with high interest rates um, which is just disastrous almost you know that you in a hole that's hard to get out of I'm sure when you talk about the depreciation of the vehicle and wanting to to trade it in if you if you buy a twenty thousand dollar car on a five year five year loan and you pay that for two and a half years, if you want to go and trade it in, you're you've paid enough off the principal that whenever you trade it in, you're at least gonna break even. But if you do that same car and you got it at a nine and a half percent interest rate and you go and trade it in, you're not you're gonna have negative equity that you need to roll over into the new vehicle. Um, and if you do that enough times in a row, now you're stuck with whatever car you're at and if something happens with that car 
now you're ten thousand dollars upside down in it and you can't go and buy a new new vehicle and that's something that we'll see uh quite often is because people people keep doing that trade-in game um when they haven't committed to paying enough off the off of that loan yet and they probably just don't want to think about it they're like i just need if i get this new car i'll feel better at least for now yeah i think that that's usually a big part of it is if you don't ever actually see the money changing hands you know if you just know that you went in they took your car and you got a new one your payment stayed the same you're not seeing the the actual tally of the your principal balance just keeps going up and that's the american way yeah that's the the game uh dealerships and everybody likes to play is what uh what monthly payment are you looking for yeah i hate that game because i can give you a if you're want a $350 monthly payment, I can get you in a 20, 25, 30 or $35,000 car. It just depends on how long I'm going to finance you for. And most people won't focus on that. So, you know, yeah, monthly payments important only after we talk about the, the lump sum though. Like I don't care about the monthly payments. I know. Exactly. Yeah. So what's, how far out should somebody, what's too long of a loan? Well, you'll find the most uh, 84 months is usually going to be the maximum for an auto loan. Um, and that's only going to happen usually on newer cars. So if you're buying a 2019 or 2018, you can usually plan on 84 months. After that, you're going to 72 and then 60. Um, the standard used to be not even that long ago. I feel like it's probably only like from what I've seen five, maybe 10 years ago, loans start, auto loans used to start out like 48 months used to be 48 to 48 to 72 which is probably reasonable for depending what price your car is yeah and i mean if you're looking at there's still plenty of good cars for 15 to twenty thousand dollars um interest rates are a little bit higher now um so of course it's going to be a little bit harder to pay that out over a short time period but if you the quicker you can get that paid off the better i mean we you look at most people buy a house $150,000 house and finance it for 30 years. Um, but there's also a 15 year mortgage options too. So if you can pay it off faster, you're going to pay less interest. Yeah. You're going to be done with your stuff. So what, what are the interest, interest rates right now? Like how low are they right now? I've seen the lowest I've seen at the moment is like 2.74. But of course about a year and a half, two years ago, there were interest rates for, 1.5 and 1.9 so it's been a kind of a wild ride for the last year and a half real wild yeah <laughs> usually people don't use the term wild ride when they're talking about interest rates <laughs> Woo! it's my world i do <laughs> change a lot so what else are you uh dealing with when you're not doing car loans what kind of people are you dealing with what's uh what's life like in there it's good <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> is that a good conversation i don't know we uh do a lot of other stuff i do a lot of financial counseling type stuff people don't understand their credit very well and that's probably my number one question outside of how could i buy this this thing will you guys finance this so um one thing i've noticed a lot of people have medical charge-offs on their credit reports, and a lot of people don't know that they are there. What does that mean? 
so uh, charge off is basically whenever you have a bill due or um, say you're quit, quit, quit paying your credit card, eventually that bank or place you owe money to will charge it off as a loss. They'll place it on your credit report. It's a big red, you messed up mark saying that you owe somebody money. Um, those are all things that you know drive your, your credit score down. So um, yeah, charge offs. Uh, but at like what amount are we talking here? Oh, kind of like huge amounts. Yes. Well, not even that. So could it be you people, just missed a bill on accident? Well, uh, I'll pull up somebody's credit. I'll have three credit cards, a couple of past auto loans or mortgage. From everything that I see, on-time payments are great. You know, they, they're a model lending, you know, individual. But then when I look at their credit score, it's a 642. There's a charge off for at to AT and T for thirty nine dollars, and then maybe a medical charge off for seventy two dollar medical bill that wasn't paid. And then he asked about the the AT and T one, and they say, "Oh, I we forgot to take that router back whenever we finished our service with AT and T and switched to Cox." So they charged, you know, they probably got a bill in the mail at some point or a request to bring it back, and forgot and moved or did something, and then AT and T only sent the one request or sent two or whatever they called them. They never answered and they put that on their credit report, you know, dings them 50 points. They get a medical bill in the mail from going to get their, you know, blood taken out, forget to pay it. Eventually the hospital charges it off and it dings their credit score. So those are all, that's something that should be on the top of everyone's mind. Uh, bills. Download, <laughs> download credit karma watch your credit report make sure nothing negative goes on there and when it does call and find out what it is because that's a active ongoing thing if you're not paying attention to your to your credit when it, your car breaks down and it is time to go and get a new one your credit needs to be in the place where you can get that lowest interest rate to, to help yourself out and credit karma is free right yeah credit karma is free i mean it's uh credit karma is just a soft credit pull so it just gives you like a, a general, general outlet. It, the the credit report that you're seeing whenever you're looking at your credit karma page is the same one that credit card companies, banks, all these places look at whenever they send you free pre-approval screening yeah. offers. So it's not your full credit report, but it's a pretty good picture and good idea of is this a good person to to lend to. So you're getting a the same look as the credit card companies do whenever they send you those free offers. So whenever you're looking at it, um, my general advice to people is your score that you see on there, your actual score is plus or minus 50 points. Oh, so it's close. So fairly close. We're talking, if you, it says 740 on there. You're either sitting at a 790 or a 690. It's usually going to be a pretty good rule of thumb. Okay. That's, that's actually helpful because I know, um, yeah, because I'd be wondering, like, how accurate is the score? Yeah. So, but you, do you you have the special software where you get to see the real credit score? Yeah, the real live credit, the thing that everyone wonders, wonders what theirs is. I get to see those every have day. Have you checked mine? Hmm? No, that'd be <laughs> illegal. <laughs> oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> We're gonna have to cut this right now. How does that work? How do you do? You have to get. Um, like what, um, how can you go in there? 
like does somebody has to request something you know you, you can't just go in there and check credit scores it has to be like what are the reasons you can go in there and check credit scores so for us we used to do like you could call and say i want to copy my credit report and we would pull one send it to you and charge you and then of course you'd have to deal with the hard inquiry on your credit report yeah. too um, but now we'll solely only do it if you're going to apply for a loan and then we'll, we'll look at it then. How much does it hurt you to, um, get a credit report? That's, I deal with that question a lot. Um, well, better common, <laughs> common, uh, <laughs> common knowledge would have people believe that it's a, a wrecker, but, uh, credit inquiries only make up, um, 5% of your credit score. So you can imagine hundred percent or the best credit score you can have is an 850 um, an eight, it goes 850 to 350 so say if you have a if you have an 850 if you check your credit if you pulled 45 credit reports in the same day just for funsies it's only going to drop it down to like an 840 or an 835 oh i might so, do that just for funsies <laughs> so people people are terrified you know of, of pulling their credit but credit is an instrument to do cool things that you want to buy with your own money. So if you really want to do something, being scared of pulling your credit shouldn't stop you from financing something that you think you need to. You're like, I, I could get this, but I don't want to, I don't want to pull my credit. Report. That's I hear that. I, oh. It's a shame. <laughs> well, Ryan, the timer just went off. Luckily I turned the sound off on that thing this time, but we can see it. Is it loud? Yeah, it's like me, me, me it's really well, annoying yeah so i guess it doesn't matter they turn the sound off because <laughs> i just did it for you anyway uh, thank you thanks for coming on it was, a, it was a pleasure anything you want to plug you want to you want to throw your uh your instagram handle out there you got a business you're trying to start uh any shout outs uh this is this is your time this is your moment it's my moment or not i can just cut it off whatever yeah no plugs for me today all right well, thanks for coming on and come back uh, soon. Woo! I love talking to my brother, but uh, that was a new experience talking to him on a podcast. And uh, I hope he comes back and does it again soon. I hope that was uh, an interesting or an informative episode for you guys. Uh, if not, that's all right, too. But anyway... If you like this episode, please let me know. If you hated this episode, please let me know. And if you have any ideas for future episodes, please let me know. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.